Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Parallel Barkings. Uh, my name is Larry Backer, and I am here with Ariana Backer, Bark Bark. Bark Bark. And today we have a very special, uh, uh, although it's so always much very special. It's always very special, but I like to say, you know, it, it's we we live in the age of the this therapeutic. This is timely. This is a yeah, yeah, it's timely, but it's also special because in this therapeutic age in which we live, okay, you're not anything unless you're special, and so we're all always special. And here is a trophy for you. But we're extra special today. Okay. We're because you're right because we're doing something timely. We're going to be talking about elections. Elections. Don't forget <laughs> to vote, everyone. On. Assuming that you hear. Oh no! This wait, actually, before. you're going to hear yes. this after you voted. Yeah. I know you are. Yeah. So you hopefully yeah. you voted. Yeah. Um, so hopefully you voted. Uh, if not, vote next time. Uh, but anyway, so we're going to talk about elections. But unlike what you have for those of you in the United States, uh, is this is directed especially to to you. Uh, un unlike much of what you've been hearing for the last several months, we are not going to be talking about particular candidates or particular nope. issues. We leave that entirely to you. Yeah, that's all yours. Which it's all yours. We have no opinion. Uh, and even if we had opinions, they're irrelevant because uh, the only opinion that matters when you go to the voting booth it's is your own. Is your own. So own it. Express it. Hooray. Yeah. But still, the topic of elections uh, is fairly interesting, uh, not just here, but in a lot of countries. And what we want to do today, just very briefly, is to contextualize this thing that has just captured uh, the imagination of the, uh, and, and of course, because we're talking about the American midterms, uh, we're going to be focusing on the Americans, but that has captured the American imagination uh, and put it on overdrive ever since the uh, the the acts of uh, hooligans and bandits uh, on January 4th, uh, 2020. It was, it was the 6th, okay? I feel like everybody knows. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but- Oh, okay. Are you just being really technical here? I'm just being very technical. Okay, okay. Uh, not the hooligan part, but that, although that's actually the-, the That the is the technical term. term. That's the technical term: are hooligans, bandits, and um, and lawbreakers. But yeah. uh, but that's all they were. Uh, but anyway, so we're going to talk about elections because this is a thing that um, that that we want to talk about. And and one of the, right and one because of the, we want to because we want to because it's important and perhaps maybe it's important to understand what elections are in the uh, as a core principle. Of and the defining, really, the the defining premise of liberal democracy, which is what everyone is talking about. We tend to use all of these terms uh, as fetishes. Uh, that is, we or or the way you you use it to cast spells. You know, so like people feet. will use and and people will use these terms all the time. They'll just fling them out like magical words: elections, liberal democracy, voting. Uh, you know, blah 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 blah. Uh, and and the the words really tend to be decontextualized, and they tend to be significantly separated from both the theory and an understanding of what it is exactly that you're getting as a people uh, when you have a, a liberal democratic system grounded in elections, and what you're not getting 
in a democracy that is founded or expressed through uh, elections. So when we look at 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 this, and I'm just going to go on for a, a tiny bit, and then when he says tiny bit, everyone yeah, well, knows. Break so. in, break in when you want. Break in when you want. All right. <laughs> So so like everything else, uh, within a liberal democratic system, liberal democracy has to be performed in some way. And by performed, I mean, there has to be some action that materializes liberal democracy. Otherwise, it's just two words that are completely empty of meaning. Well, Uh, and that's because otherwise the populace has no idea what's going on. Well, the populace may still not have any idea what's going on, but they well, will still participate and perform. They have to be convinced. They have to be convinced they know what's going on, and that's what the performance is for. If you say so. Um, I, but we're going to perform. We're going to perform liberal democracy, and the way you perform liberal democracy is through the act of election, right? So elections become central uh, to liberal de- democracy because it serves as a periodic affirmation of the continuing legitimacy of the government into which we insert our representatives. Uh, And at the same time, it's the reaffirmation with every election of the delegation of popular authority from the people to the state apparatus into which these people are inserted. We're very liturgical. Right. Well, we, we are in a sense. So when we do elections, what we're doing is two things, but both of them are, it's a double affirmation. And that's what makes liberal democracy work. It's this constant uh, double affirmation uh, that keeps the system legitimate. The first is the affirmation of the legitimacy of the government itself. And then the second with the election is the affirmation of the delegation of popular sovereignty, because remember, in an election, all power stems from the people, but the people don't exercise power. The people exercise power only through its government. Representatives. No, it's government. And that the government is then populated with the representatives of the people. So elections are then tied to two things. One is the in the that that the uh, institutions remain legitimate, and two that one performs the act of filling of populating those institutions with the representatives of popular sovereign authority, and so that's what we're doing. So elections are these uh, affirmations uh, and involving insertions of individuals who are representative. They aren't supposed to be themselves, although it's hard to tell that uh, with the, the the sort of hysterics that that uh, tend to follow American elections. This is nothing new. Uh, we started our hysterics with the Adams-Jefferson election of 1800, so it's as old as a republic. It's just every age has its own uh, its own special brand of hysteria. Ours tends to be somewhat uh, over the top, and that may be a function of too much reality TV, but who knows, but I'm not a psychiatrist. Um, and I mean, it, it might just up. seem that way because we're living it. Well, that's true. That's true. And our great, great, great grandchildren will find this as cute uh, as we find the what passed for the hysterics of, again, of the election of 1800. Uh, so anyway, so it's this, this double affirmation and insertion uh, 
And it represents, in a sense, the essence of democratic experience in a liberal uh, democracy, uh, and one that's episodic, that is, it occurs with a regularity and a frequency. So it has to be this double reaffirmation occurs periodically, but it starts and it stops with the casting of a vote. Right. That's the performance of liberal democracy when you get down to its essence. And so it then follows that the preservation of the system has to be focused on something and it's got to be focused on uh, the election itself, on the protection of the legitimacy of the performance of the election. Right. And so we have spent how many hundreds of thousands of hours about the election system itself, are the Chinese or the Russians coming in and messing with our electronic forms of election? Are hooligans within this country somehow corrupting uh, either paper ballots or non-paper ballots? Uh, do we have hordes of people who can testify to the proper conduct of elections at localities? That's a key, key, key element. And it's not to be understated if, in fact, the entirety of the liberal democratic system is grounded in a single act, I vote, then it necessarily follows that the focus, the hyper-focus of legitimacy has to be on the protection of the performance of the election itself. But even more importantly, and this is what Mr. Trump taught us, uh, well, I mean, there he is. Although it's not just Mr. Trump, it's Mr., as, as I'm going to explain in a second, Mr. Nixon in 1960 and, yeah, Mr. Yeah. Gore, and Mr. Gore in 2000, the second and most important consequence is that not only do we have to protect the legitimacy of the performance of the election itself, but we have to insist on the performance of allegiance to the operation of elections by those who stand for election and the factions, the political factions, we call them political parties, but they're just factions, factions uh, in which they declare an allegiance, right? And so these two things have to happen. You have to have confidence in the legitimacy of the uh, election and- Well, that's why everybody who... was freaking out. Well, right. well, that's why the media- with like oh, that's what the right, right. But other people are freaking out too, including Mr. Trump. But who cares? Um, we we only care because everyone else seemed to care. But the otherwise... integrity of democracy is crumbling because the voting um, structure is no longer legitimate. Well, but that's that's it. But that's that's the key issue. And yeah, that's and that why, seems. But that's why he presses easy. the button. But that's why he presses the button. That's the only button you're going to press that's going to make everyone jump, and legitimately so, because if, in fact, we reduce the entirety of our system... Well, why are we voting, doing that? <laughs> because we've been doing this since year zero. If you don't like it, change the Constitution and change the basic premise of liberal democracy. We have to understand it. Uh, and, and so it makes perfect sense, right? But the, the problem has been not just, you know, do we have full, free, fair elections protected from corruption from inside or outside. But the other part that we've always tended to underplay, and that has now really burst right onto the scene, which is what is uh, distorting the, the election cycles for the last 20 or so years, is that we also expect those who run to perform, this is the additional performance, to perform their allegiance to this system by accepting 
the, the result. result of the election, not just passively, but affirmatively, right? That declaration has to be absolutely um, central to this. Everything else is politics, but you got to do it. Um, and they've used the word precedent. They have used the word precedent. Many well, they can people. use whatever words they want. I mean, I can use, <laughs> I'm it's just another saying. fetish. It's another fetish object. I can use the word. Uh, what is it? Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Please do. Uh, as well, it doesn't really matter. They're they're using a fetish word to to get people to jump, but that's essentially it, and and that's politics. But what we've seen uh, in the modern era, certainly since 1960, is an erosion of the second part at a in an even more precipitous way, I think, than we saw the the challenges to the legitimacy of the election itself. And let me explain both for like two seconds. Um, what what we saw was the the if we use 1960 as a baseline, um, there were all kinds of rumors. It's never been proven, but in part because of the the uh, significant force of the application of the notion of affirmation of result by the loser, in this case, Mr. Nixon. Uh, in 1960, there was all kinds of talk about how Mr. Nixon lost because the dead appeared to vote in copious uh, numbers mm -hmm. uh, in Illinois. It happens. And it, it happens. And Illinois is a magical state uh, where the dead come to life on Election Day. God bless them. Uh, and if not God, then whoever it is animating them, maybe it's uh, uh, World War Z. And or we Infinity just Jones, who knows? You know, whatever it is. But anyway, um, at that point, he sucked it up and he conceded defeat. He ultimately became president. And that's that's the the deal, sort of. Uh, he never forgot, but he conceded and the republic uh, moved on. By 2000, in, now we move from... Uh, from Illinois and rumor to litigation, Mr. Gore, on a key state that that might have decided, Florida, right? Florida and the Chads and and all of this. For those of you who are old enough to remember this, uh, that was contested, yep. right? There was no immediate affirmation that was contested, but it was contested in a legal process. And there was ultimately a concession when the Supreme Court said, sorry, whether you agreed with the Supreme Court or not. And to this day, there are many people who believe that that's a schlock decision, but they affirmed the legitimacy of the decision. And by implication, they then affirmed reluctantly the results of the election that brought the younger Bush uh, into power. Yep. By 2020, <laughs> we neither have sucking up, nor do we have uh, a, a significant and uh, an important litigation. What we have is uh, a, a socio-political phenomena, which occurs between November and today, where uh, politics becomes the politics of uh, rejectionism and non-affirmation, uh, which has caused uh, a bit of instability, to put it mildly, a bit of instability in the Republic, mostly because by doing that, you've now broken, it clearly a, a weekend, but you've broken one of the iron rules of the uh, the stability of a liberal democratic system grounded in this singular Right. Now, there's one other little point 
understanding that that's a singular act and that we have this double affirmation, we also accept the fact that elections are not perfect and that uh, there will be messiness and they may not be completely accurate and in close elections that may have a significant result, but we take a deep breath, we suck it up because almost invariably uh, at some point, uh, the party that wins by a hair's breadth in a messy election that may have gone the other way, if it had been perfectly done, uh, will wind up being on the losing end of the next election. And so at some point, it'll it'll all add up. Um, so we, we do a couple of things. We accept the ultimate messiness of the election uh, process. Uh, and we expect this affirmation. One of them has been eroded. And then the attack on the process of the um on the election process itself now becomes grounded in this absolutely impossible search for electoral process perfection which is impossible which means that you can never ever ever be absolutely sure that the election was a thousand percent accurate and now you have taken, you have knocked the struts out of not one, but two of the key elements in the stability of a liberal democratic system. The faith in the electoral process itself is legitimate, understanding that it is not perfect, but striving towards it and doing one's best to prevent um, um, you know, obvious uh, or, or significant uh, uh, corruption. And the uh, the obligation of the losing party to affirm allegiance to the system by conceding, even in cases where the election process was, uh, to put it euphemistically, messy. And that's that's the the kind of um, that's the kind of uh, system that we we wind up, or that's the kind of mess that we wind up uh, in now. Uh, are are the Americans have become uh, somewhat more uh, <laughs> used to uh, much more cynically weaponizing both of these key elements? Yeah, without uh, thinking about the consequences of what will happen. Well, that's right. That's right. Uh, and to some extent, the political classes have now reverted from being relatively adult, even if it's somewhat slimy. Uh, to being toddlers who are completely slimy. Uh, and and what you wind up doing is not just playing with uh, whether Joe or Mary wins an election that they may lose two to four to six years later, depending on the office, to one in which you're playing with the, the legitimacy of the Republic itself. And everyone is running around like, uh, like uh, Cassandra's uh, warning that if in fact uh, the election doesn't go their way, then the republic is a sham. Or if you vote for the other party, uh, then what you're doing is bringing in uh, neo-fascist totalitarianism. Uh, and so rather than deal with the the, the usual uh, focus of an election, uh, every election represents uh, an existential uh, contest because we are no longer sure of or we have weaponized the possibility of both attacking the legitimacy of the process itself uh, because we have an unreasonable expectation of perfection in a system that was never meant to be. And we use the threat of uh, non-affirming mm -hmm. uh, 
the system itself by conceding even a, uh, especially a close election. Uh, and that is what uh, uh, essentially brings us to the, the the sort of madness or the aberrational position uh, that we're in now. And it's aberrational, not because politics is a messy and not because politicians haven't called each other the spawn of Satan, uh, and, and therefore you have to vote for them since the beginning of the Republic, but because now what they're doing more than in, in a lot of other periods is uh, every election now requires us to be wary of and to uh, cause people to panic about the stability of the system itself. And that in itself uh, creates an instability, which in this republic, and certainly uh, over the looking back, certainly over the last century or so, uh, is highly, highly uh, dangerous to the, the continued stability of whatever it is you conceive of this republic. And again, because of the way in which they they um, undermine the, the key struts that supports uh, liberal democratic action. Yeah, I mean, and it's, super, it's very frustrating that individuals can't really do much of anything to stop this from happening. I mean, there's really not much you can do to, you can't write to your, your local representative and say, stop messing around with the voting system. Stop going whichever way you feel like it on whichever day. Right, right, right. You can't uh, do that. It's not like we have, the people have any sway. We just vote and then see what the representatives or the people in Congress feel like. Right. But then we get we get to a worse point, which is something that that is uh, significantly aberrational. Uh, and that is if, in fact, we begin to uh, weaponize the core premises of liberal democracy, uh, we also make it possible to do precisely what we're afraid of uh, to do. And that is to move the uh, the republic away from principles of liberal democracy to one of a majority uh, party dictatorship, and and I'll explain. Well, why. or something different. It doesn't necessarily. No, no, no. It's it, it's going to be majority party dictatorship, and, and the reason for that is very simple. And one begins to see the edges of that in the current election cycle. Uh, so, and I'm not going to name a particular party. This isn't a finger pointing to any one of the the two dominant parties. So I'm going to say, wouldn't that be party, an oligarchy? No, maybe not. Uh, party X um accuses party y of undermining the uh the the republic by oh, weird i've uh, never heard that before right by because their prior uh leader uh, of party y uh refused to affirm that person's loss yeah. um that then turns into a suggestion that every member of party y uh, in that context, must be a member of a political party that has betrayed the republic. And if you vote for anyone in party Y, then you are also complicit in undermining the republic. Oh, so it's not just God. it's not just that party uh, X is for raising taxes 
uh, to uh, to promote social welfare programs and party Y uh, is the party of the, the it's like rich. Hydra versus Shield. I've been right. watching and, a lot and of so Marvel. You, you, right, and so you've not only up the ante, but you begin to engage in a politic, a hysterical politics of treason, and that also then tends to undermine the the. Um, I'm not going to say the republic, but it tends to undermine the the foundational struts of of liberal democracy, and that's something that uh, both parties uh, have um, to some extent. In some cases, among some of its members, its consultants, its propaganda departments, and whoever it is who's managing all of these things, uh, sometimes succumbs to the temptation of doing that. If you vote for, and this isn't just. Uh, the people of Party Y calling the people of Party X communists. Uh, that's just standard issue politics of exaggeration. Uh, it's when you say uh, that, in fact, voting for uh, people from Party Y or Q or Z um, is is effectively uh, the royal road to a uh, a revolution and the end of liberal democracy. So you're you're voting for uh, people who are revolutionaries or traitors. And, and at that point, the system begins to operate in, in a very different way. So hopefully uh, the Republic will get over this, uh, but part of it, I think, may require the, the population to again be reminded of, of what I call liberal democratic first principles, uh, just to remember what's the issue. Uh, and the issue isn't whether one likes or despises a particular economic, social, or cultural, political position of a faction. That's absolutely fair game. Um, the, the, the issue becomes whether one understands and holds these factions to the basic rules that promotes the stability of the system. And that is if we put all of our eggs in the performance of liberal democracy through a vote, after which we don't really care what the masses do. They've they've done their job in in their uh, civic in duty. Democracy. Yeah, and that's it. And then the rest of it is lobbying and whatever. That's a different podcast uh, about um, participatory versus electoral uh, democratic theory, endogenous or exogenous democracy. We're not going there. But to understand that indeed. Uh, the population really does have to hold its um, its representatives not to a state of toddler weaponization, which is what they're doing. You've got a bunch of toddlers uh, who are more than happy to to break the house in order to uh, advance their own uh, sadly personal or factional strategic interests, uh, which makes them toddlers rather than adults, uh, for which will suffer. Uh, but to remind them that indeed that requires them to be scrupulous in both understanding the need to preserve the process of election with the understanding that elections are never going to be perfect uh, and that sometimes things are messy, but that's tolerable. And then the question is how much mess? And then the other is to absolutely and positively demand the reaffirmation of losers uh, in, in the system itself. In the absence of that, we got we got what we have. Unfortunately, I think we're going to have to expect more of the latter based on what we've seen so far. The people who are in office right now seem more concerned with their own personal 
agendas. Yes, their own personal agendas than anything having to do with the country or hmm. its direction. Well, I I have no opinion about that. Um, and I I'm happy to give mine anytime, I know, any I know, place, anywhere. You know, I'm I I think that people ought to be uh, ought to strongly embrace whatever view that they wind up having with respect to this but that those views and my my view has my sense has always been that that view is best developed expressed and then not just articulated but put into practice uh with as much information and in as thoughtful a way as possible uh and wherever you wind up uh will be good as long as you have the the considered basis for making a choice grounded in your values, but on the basis of more rather than less information. Uh, and, and that's where we are. I, I, I am always hopeful that in a country that is approaching 400 million people, that at some point, somehow, uh, there will be enough uh, reasonable-minded adults whose primary fidelity is to the core principles of the republic uh, who will stand up and do their duty uh, that, in fact, we will once again be able to reclaim, again, even if for a limited time, even a limited time is, is good, we will be able to reclaim a, a space of politics uh, within a stable and in a prosperous country. But with that, I hope you all voted. I hope you're happy with your performance. And uh, let's see what happens next. Wolf yeah. Wolf. Hold on to your butts, everyone. It'll be a wild ride. It's see you next time. Bye. <laughs> Bye.